You're listening to a podcast from St. Bart's to find out more about our church or to take a next step. Visit stbarts.com.au. Well, it would be great to keep your Bibles open um, or Bible app to 1 John chapter 5 as we are in the last week of our 1 John series. But as we begin, let's pray. Gracious Father, we pray that this morning your spirit would be at work in our hearts and minds, that we would hear and obey your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have now arrived at the final chapter of John's letter. He longs for the believers for those he has written to and us to continue on with confidence in our eternal life in Jesus. As he finishes, he wants them to locate and anchor their confidence in God, that Jesus has overcome the world, that God has given his reliable testimony, and that the Son is the only way to life. Just like a rock climber, who is tethered to someone else, the confidence of the believers is to be tethered to God. Like a catchy song where the lyrics seem etched in your mind on repeat, again and again, John has reminded them of what they already know, that being children of God, found in Christ, that their love, their actions and their obedience would resonate with the tune of Jesus. This encouragement to continue on may have come at just the right time for a community shaken by false teachers and unsettled by people leaving. These Christians may have been weary, weary by sorting out what is truth, sorting out competing claims of who Jesus is, weary by the demands of love and obedience to God and to one another. And if you have followed Jesus for a short or a long time, maybe these feelings are familiar. The tank is empty, motivation is low, you've weathered the challenges of being in Christian community, and the road ahead still seems hard. But in these moments or seasons, John doesn't want us to look inward to our ability to continue on, but wants us to look toward Jesus. That we would see and hold on to his victory, his witness, the life he gives us and our identity in him. So if you are weary, unsure, tired, or simply overwhelmed, then chapter five gives us the how and why to continue on. For those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we can continue on because Jesus is victorious with confidence in God's testimony and in prayer for God's family. We continue on with confidence in prayer. So first, why bother continuing on? Is there a point where faith in Jesus is just too hard. 
Well, John tells us that we can continue on because we are born of God, part of God's family and part of Jesus overcoming the world. Verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the Saviour, can continue on because they are born of God. We continue on not because of our own strength, but in the knowledge of who we are in God. Believing in Jesus is not like joining a club or finally reaching that professional status that you've earned. But believing in Jesus means we are welcomed into God's family. We know that being part of a family might have some particular quirks or particular expectations. And aside from choosing who you might marry, you don't get to choose your family. In the hospital, you didn't get to receive a profile of each family just after you were born to decide which one you would go home with. Like, oh, should I pick the family that will expect me to walk the dog every day? Or should I pick that family that'll expect me to learn an instrument? No, we know that being a member of the family comes first, which is followed afterwards by loving and acting in light of their expectations. And we see the same here. Belief in Jesus establishes our position in God's family and the natural expectations of this family a love for God's other children, so other Christians, and obedience to God's commands. Each of these expresses our love for God as we love his children and trust in his plans. Of course, there will be plenty of times where we find loving and obeying difficult, but our imperfect love can't threaten our place in the family. Our position in God's family is completely secure. It can't be lost because of our mistakes or our sin. And it's this security, that being children of God, which is the foundation for us continuing on in faith. And being part of God's family means that we are part of Jesus' victory. If you know any school children at the moment, then you will know that it is athletic season. Sporting houses competing against one another in sprinting, running, jumping and throwing. And of course there will be individual stars, but as you watch the races, cheers erupt for your house colours. Maybe you weren't the most athletic child, but in your tiredness and weariness was transformed 
It's a triumphant joy when they lifted up the cup and announced that your house had won. Hear what John is saying. When you are part of Jesus' family, his victory is ours. Verse 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. Our faith connects us to the champion, to the victor, to the only one who has defeated our sin and death, Jesus Christ. He not only defeated our sin and death, but the sins of the whole world for all sin that has been done and will be done. No other victory compares. No other victory will last throughout all eternity. And no other victory brings abundant life. Death is the ultimate end to success. It'll cut short a sparkling career, bring an end to any work that you might have created, or close a chapter on relationships. But Jesus doesn't just overcome the sin of the world, but death itself. And because Jesus was raised from the dead, we know that he is victorious. So listen again from verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is our ultimate balm and comfort, no matter what life brings. If you find yourself questioning, why continue on? Cling to Jesus, for he has overcome the world. When you face an insurmountable challenge, when your front lines are are unsettling, when God's children are hard to love, when sin seems to have a grip on you, or when following God's commands seems too costly. Rely on Jesus. Your own strength will not be enough. But Jesus' strength is. He has already overcome the worst evil can offer. And because we are part of God's family, his victory is ours. So second, we know that we can continue on with confidence for the testimony we rely on is not our own. So would you look with me from verse 9? We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given about his son. Whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar, for they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. There is so much that can wear away our confidence. Internally, it might be our sin or shortcoming or our faded love. Or externally, it could be challenges or distractions 
or erosion in our belief. But John reminds us that our confidence is not deep within us and our confidence is not found in the external facts of our life like our family or our retirement position or our health but it is God's testimony about his son. Throughout your education one of the things that you probably learned about was identifying the best and truest sources of information. Maybe the encyclopedia was a great place to learn about ancient Egypt in primary school. But at university, you could study hieroglyphics for yourself. You could get even closer to the truest source of information. Sometimes there might be pressure to graduate from faith. The following God was okay for a season, maybe as a child, but inadequate for the complexity of modern day life. But the opposite is true. As we lean towards and in faith in Jesus, we move towards and operate within the truest source of information, God's own testimony about Jesus. This testimony is not just the wisdom of the ages, but is found in the real life and real history of Jesus. And this is what John emphasised right at the beginning of his letter. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. God's testimony is Jesus. It is this testimony that we can anchor our lives in, that will never change as technology evolves or fade to irrelevance as we get older. Verse 11 makes clear the source of our confidence. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now, the specific people that John wrote to faced specific challenges and specific deceptions about Jesus. There had been people amongst them who were denying that Jesus is God's king, denying that Jesus is the Christ. And they were also denying his incarnation, denying that he was and still is fully human. But God affirms that the testimony But John had affirmed that the testimony of God through Jesus' own life won't let us do that. Jesus came in and through water, his baptism, and Jesus came in and through blood, his death. The false ideas spreading were likely that Jesus was just temporarily divine, so only for parts of his life, and definitely not his death. But the witness of the Spirit and the events of his life from the beginning of his public work with his baptism in the Jordan River to his public execution on the cross and then his glorious resurrection witness and point to that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. 
So in our everyday lives, how does God's testimony make a difference? What encouragement is there to continue on in faith? The encouragement and confidence is eternal life is given to us in Jesus. Just as God's testimony is the truest source of information, it is also the only way to life. To deny God's testimony of Jesus is to deny the offer of life. In 2018, the world waited to see if there was any hope for a boys' soccer team trapped underground in a flooded, complex cave system in northern Thailand. The best divers and rescue teams across the world were deployed to rescue these boys. Now imagine that you are one of them. It is pitch black and you have spent nine days on a little shelf in a cave with water lapping at your feet. Suddenly, bubbles and light break the surface and a diver appears. He offers a way out, but you must place your life in his hands. Do you take it? If you reject the diver, you reject your only way to life. You're essentially calling the diver's offer for help a lie, irrelevant, or inadequate. Mr. Diver, I don't know how you got here, but I don't need your help. And I don't trust you to help me. In the darkness of that cave, the choice may have seemed easy and our lives are rarely so black and white. There is not one diver speaking to us, but a bombardment of messages vying for our attention and for our lives. But it is not just anyone who brings us an offer of life, but God himself. To deny God's offer for life is like trying to dig yourself out of a cave with a teaspoon. To deny God's testimony of Jesus is to make God out to be a liar, to claim he is unable to save. But we can have confidence that God who created life can give us life. And our confidence is anchored to God's testimony that God has given us eternal life in Jesus Christ, his son. So finally, our confidence in eternal life is not just a future security, but should shape our confidence in approaching God today. So let's have a look from verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. If you have ever found yourself in a situation where it doesn't really matter what you say or do, nothing changes, then you know it's pretty hard to continue on. Why contribute if no one will listen? Why care if nothing changes? Why even show up if it doesn't make a difference? But this is not the situation for Christians. Far from it. We can have confidence that we will be heard. That when we ask anything according to God's will, the creator and sustainer of the universe hears us. God not only hears us, but here John places such a high confidence that our prayers make a difference, that he places it in the past tense, essentially saying, because we know God hears us, we know we already have what we asked for. And Jesus has trained us that we would pray according to God's will. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Of course, we can pray for anything, but we can have confidence in our prayers that align with God's will. We might not see how God responds to them, and it would be dangerous to assume that we will know God's complete plans. But as we are guided by the Spirit and by God's Word, we are invited to take our part in God's kingdom purposes through prayer. And one way in which we are invited to pray as a way of loving God's family is to pray for those who sin. So picking up from verse 16. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I am not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin. And there is sin that does not lead to death. Where John refers to the sin that leads to death, he is likely referring to those who were denying that Jesus was the Christ. And this makes sense. For the only way we can receive life is by trusting in who Jesus really is and what he has done. And well, to deny the truth of Jesus means also denying the life that he offers. In fact, without trusting in Jesus as Saviour and Lord, death is the trajectory for all who sin. Without trusting in Jesus, we're found guilty. We are not tethered to the one who has died for us. But that is not the case for those to whom John writes. If you trust in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, that's not the case for you. No, John says that for those in relationship with Jesus, our sin does not lead to death. 
for Jesus has paid the price. So note here that when John says that when you see a brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, he doesn't say cut them off, ignore them, or gossip about them, but rather pray for them. Prayer is to be how we actively love others, particularly those walking away from God's commands. And just like we saw before, God hears and responds to our prayer. If we pray, God will give them life. We know that someone's salvation is not dependent on what they do, like they will be saved as long as they don't do that sin. No, it's clear that the only way anyone can receive life from God is through believing in Jesus. So here then is an assurance that if a believer commits a sin, they cannot lose their life that is now in Christ. So we are invited to love believers by praying for them, that they might be reminded of the life they already have in Christ and live in light of it. Prayer is one of the best ways we can support one another as followers of Jesus. And if we believe that, well, it means our prayer lists should be full of names of our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we would be actively expressing our love for God's family in prayer. And if you don't have a pattern of prayer, I'd suggest just start simply. Maybe each time you get into a car this week, spend the first minute praying for a brother or sister in Christ. Imagine if you did that just this week, all the different opportunities you would have to actively love God's family. So whatever season you might be in, continue on with confidence in prayer. Here are the words of truth John longs to leave ringing in our hearts at the end of his letter. We know that we are children of God. We know that God keeps his children safe from evil. We know that the Son of God has come. We know that we have been given understanding. We know that God's testimony is true. We know him who gives eternal life. Anchored to God... We have everything we need to continue on in faith with confidence in God's testimony expressed in our prayer in love for God's family. So continue on with confidence in prayer. Let's pray. Dear gracious Father, in whatever season we're in right now, please help us to continue on in Christ, delight in his victory and be confident in your testimony. Loving Lord, would you please help us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ? By your spirit, please embolden our prayers 
guide us to what we should pray for and soak them in your love. In every way, help us to live and continue on in our eternal life in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a podcast from St. Bart's. To learn more or to take a next step, visit stbarts.com.au.